Good day, and thank you for standing by, and welcome to the WIC's fourth quarter and full year 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star then 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your host today, Maggie O'Donnell, Director of Investor Relations. Ma'am, please go ahead. Thank you, Michelle, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wix's fourth quarter and full year 2021 earnings call. Joining me today to discuss our results are Abdi Abrahami, CEO and co-founder, Samir Zohar, President and COO, Lior Shemish, our CFO, and Joe Pilaro, our GM of the U.S. During this call, we may make forward-looking statements, and these statements are based on current expectations and assumptions. Please consider the risk factors included in our press release and most recent Form 20F that could cause our actual results to differ materially from these forward-looking statements. We do not undertake any obligation to update these forward-looking statements. In addition, we will comment on non-GAAP financial results and key operating metrics, and you can find all reconciliations between our GAAP and non-GAAP results in the earnings materials and our interactive analyst center on the investor relations section of our website, investors.wix.com. I apologize about the background noise around me, um, but with that, I'm going to turn over the call to Joe, who will be moderating the Q&A with the team. Great. Thanks, Maggie, um, and uh, welcome, everyone. Um, so, Avishai, uh, let's start off with, uh, with you. We're, we're coming up on two years now uh, through this pandemic, and, and so much has changed in this period of time. So just give us your view on the current state of the market uh, and also the level of demand we're seeing here with. Well, as Corona started, right, we enjoyed really high level of demand. And this has uh, grown very quickly, and uh, the peak of it was Q1 last year. After that, we still slowed down, and it uh, slowed down for Q2 and Q3. And then it kind of stabilized in Q4. So, uh, and I think that this is an effect that, Pretty much everybody around us has experienced, so we saw it in many other companies. So kind of like the Internet growth has slowed down, or consumption of the Internet has slowed down. Uh, however, we do see that it's stabilizing and starting to reverse the trend a bit. So we're starting to see growth on that again. Uh, for us uh, at Wix, a few things that we noticed is that the fundamentals have stayed pretty much the same or improved, which means that the courts are behaving in the same way they behaved before uh, COVID and they continue to behave the same way during COVID and they still continue to behave the same way. Now, churn is the same, everything is the same. Uh, we did notice that uh, uh, average uh, revenue per subscribers did go up, so 10% last year and again, so overall 20%. Initiatives like partners and payments are growing, so we do see that. But I think overall, it uh, was a really great beginning in Corona and then slowed down in the second year of Corona. Great. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, d despite some of this, these dynamics, though, 20, 2021 was actually a, a great year uh, for, for Wix in a lot of regards, especially even when you compare to 2019, which was, you know, before the pandemic. So just to read off some of the numbers, so we ended 2021 with revenue and bookings of 29% year over year compared to 2020, and when you compare to 2019, revenue actually grew 67% and bookings grew 70% over that two-year period. Um, and this growth, as you kind of said, was really has been driven by a really stronger user cohorts of ours. So 
Talk about specifically this growth we've seen in these user cohorts. So we've uh, dramatically grown up from where we were at the end of 2019. And if you try to look at it and say, to isolate corona as an event, right, and then if you look at it, so I don't know if we are post-corona, but at this phase where we are and we compare to 2019, of course, we see massive growth. A really good way to look at it is that uh, if you look at the Q1 this year and Q1 uh, uh, last year, obviously the growth rate right, is based on uh, uh, the best cohort we ever had, which is last year. So obviously this year it looks a bit smaller. We do see that we are still continuing to expand our, our reach to new markets, and uh, which is done by uh, a lot of work from partners, a lot of work from commerce. Uh, and, and, and we can see that we actually have higher quality subs now. I think a lot of it is because we remove a lot of the things that blocked users from using Wix. So by removing things, by adding e-commerce capabilities, for example, tools for partners, we actually enable people that would have normally higher value as a sub to come to Wix and now use Wix as a service for the what they need. So we do see that. And... Uh, uh, I'm very optimistic about what it says for the future. Hopefully, we're starting to see the base of the trend. Yeah. Great. So we, we shared that, that our focus on growth uh, really is going to come from three areas now um, moving ahead. Um, one is bringing more self-creators to Wix. Uh, the other is bringing more partners to Wix who are building sites for others. And, and these are both really, you know, kind of go-to-market initiatives of ours. And then the third very product focus, which, which applies to both types of, of, of audiences, are commerce and, and payment. So I want to go through each of these uh, for investors and, and how kind of you view them uh, and, and how we're going to drive growth. So start with self-creators. Well, this is, yeah, self-creators is where we started, right? This is still is our biggest customer base, right? And I think we're the market leader in that category. I don't think anybody else is similar to us in terms of size. And, 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 and we still see growth there, right? We do intend to do a few more things to enable faster growth there. And the first thing is with the core product, the editors, right? So we have some innovation that are coming soon out, and we know from history that this usually drives massive uh, increase in, 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 in subscribers. The other thing is that we, again, we removed barriers that people had. So allow chef uh, creators to do more with commerce, right? Is, is very important, right? Because we allow, uh, we help small businesses, right? In, in many different ways. I want to remind everybody that when we say commerce, we don't just talk about shopping cart, we also talk about things like uh, scheduling and booking and, and, and restaurants and hotels and many different uh, kind of businesses, right? That actually want to drive their, uh, if they try to do it as self-creators, right? They need the functionality to be successful. So when we add the functionality, we enable them to use Wix. And this is a strategy that's worked for us really well in the past. Another thing that we did is a really large investment in customer care. And we know that, uh, well, the concept behind customer care, the self-care is usually of less knowledge than professional on how to use Wix. And, and uh, they need help, right? So we have somebody that can help them. That's the concept behind it. I think we're doing very well there. The last part is that, well, we are growing internationally. We've always been. There's a lot of small things we need to do in every, in every country in order to enable Wix to be really doing well in that country. And it can be simple things like changing text, or it can be adding payment providers. It can be how you do some kind of a business functionality, for example, booking in Germany in the United States, act very differently. So all because you can actually pay later after you did something, and which is uncommon in other places. So all those things, when we keep removing those things that, 
are the barrier to success. Uh, we see growth in, in self-creators, and, and traditionally we've been really good at doing that, and I think we have a lot of really exciting things coming this year. Great. So let's move on to partners. And, and when we when we talk about partners, you know, there's different kinds of partners that we have at Wix. We have agencies that, that we know build sites. We have freelancers that are building sites for others. Um, we also have large businesses uh, like Vistaprint and NTT, which are using Wix to help their customers be successful online as well. So with partners generally uh, across the board, how do you see us driving growth here? Well, we, we started to have agencies, designers, like what we call partners. And on the first day, we pretty much opened Wix. What we did in the last couple of years, we started to invest a lot into making their life easier, right? So we did it by many different ways. First of all, we gave them tools where they can manage many different websites, right? So let's say you're an agency, you have three designers in your agency, and, and, and you have 300 uh, customers, right, websites. So obviously you need tools to manage 300 websites, to manage permission for your team members. You need tools to enable a, a billing, so how you charge your customers, how you track what paid for who. All these things are things that we've added, and we saw really great success because we did that. Uh, another thing that uh, uh, we did a lot is to make Wix more of a professional tool. So I'll give an example. Search engine optimization, the ability to how you affect the ranking of your website on Google, or what place your website is in. Right? So for self-creators, most of the time you want it to be all automatic, right? because you just want them to have really good results without doing anything. For professionals, they want to be able to go under the hood and tweak everything and be able to control every small thing. And, and so this is something that we've added to the product, enabling them to have really this amazing search engine optimization capabilities that they can go under uh, deep into Wix and, and do a lot of different things. We release product that is specifically for designers and agencies, Editor X, and of course we've added a team that gives them special support. Again, if you are supporting 300 websites, Right? You need different support than somebody who has one website, and there are many businesses doing yoga. Right? And uh, even if this question sounds the same, the answer would be very different. Right? Because one guy, how do you know anything about Wix, and he knows how to use it to build a website, and the other guy is super professional. So even if it's a similar question, the answer is very different. And, and of course, the response time has to be very different. So we created that team, and we saw massive growth this year right? And uh, in uh, partners and agencies. And we think that this is a really good strategy. I think the more we continue with this strategy, the more growth we'll see from that. Great. And we'll, we'll come back to the partners' data in a minute. But uh, before that, I want to go on to commerce very quickly. Commerce, obviously, you mentioned that both with, with self-creators and, and through partners. Um, we share transaction revenue, uh, which is essentially payments revenue, a big indicator how our commerce business is performing. In 2021, it was 130 million or 134% year over year. Uh, GPB on Wix was 9.6 billion, uh, up 78% year over year. Um, just expand a little bit more about what is driving our success in commerce. Well, I, I want to emphasize again, right? E-commerce is very diversified, right? It's not just shopping cart. A lot of it is shopping cart, but we also have the ability to schedule services, the ability to sell time, the ability to uh, for restaurants. So there's a lot of different things that we do. And uh, I think what drove the success is that we actually gave the right product, right? Before that, if you came to Wix as a self-creator or as a partner and you wanted to do a lot of those things, you couldn't. We didn't have the functionality. So by enabling, by, by uh, offering, building this functionality into Wix, 
Now, self-creators and agencies, partners can do it. And the result from that was growth. Right? So it is all driven by uh, adding the right products and creating really good products. We see because of that strong GPV growth and because we know there's a lot of more things we need to do there. We're very optimistic on accelerating that into the future because we know what the customers are saying. Well, I want to do that. I cannot do it in ways. Can you please add something that will enable me to do it? The upside of it is, of course, higher revenue per subs and, of course, additional revenues from experiments. Great. So, um, Nir, let, let's, let's, uh, let, let's move on and, and talk a little bit more about going back to the partner's revenue. So this is the first time we're sharing this number, gener uh, revenue generated through partners. It was $257 million in 2021. Uh, that was up 75% year over year and up three times over what it was in 2019. Um, talk a little bit more about why this has been successful for us and, and why partners are so important and meaningful to us and why this extra data is something we're, we're going to be providing. Uh, absolutely. First, thank you, all, uh, of course, everyone for joining us today. Um, you know, we wanted to give this breakout and, and structure it uh, uh, to, to all of you guys because this is how we think about our own business. So we wanted to try and kind of match that internal thinking to, to how we expand it uh, uh, outwards. And essentially, when we think about our business, there's, there's really two parts of it, right? There's, uh, uh, we, there's the direct uh, uh, acquisition, which we bring, we bring uh, traffic and users uh, for, for, the, for those self-creators, right, uh, to our platform. By the way, we capture a lot of those partners also by that, that direct acquisition. But those people are coming to us directly, okay? And the partners... And it doesn't matter if they're uh, this, the, 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 the small uh, freelancer or one-man show or an agency or a big partnership, uh, uh, B2B partnership. Uh, in all of those cases, this is basically kind of an indirect go-to-market because in this case, we are reaching customers that we can't reach otherwise because those, are, those customers are people who don't want to do their own website. For whatever reason it is, they want someone else to help them out with it, different, well, different ways and, and, and scales of help. And this is why we think differently about, about the partnership uh, uh, section of our business. As Avishai mentioned before, it has always been, uh, uh, we've always been a, an attraction for professionals, but we obviously much structured much more of what we do towards to help them and make them more successful in, 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 the, last, in the last few years. Um, um, and... When you look, uh, uh, when you look at uh, what we deliver for them at the end of the day, it's we basically give them the platform, we give them the technology, and it doesn't matter if they're the freelancer, the agency, or the big, the big company, we give them the technology to be successful, to deliver value to their own customer. And that's obviously a massive growth opportunity for us. So you mentioned, you mentioned these, these big company partners. So Vistaprint, obviously, um, was a significant one last year. Can you just give us an update on, on, on where we are with the Vistaprint partnership? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's obviously been a very uh, significant and interesting uh, uh, partnership for us. Uh, I think that it's also one at a higher scale, which obviously this time around required that we, do, we need to do some adjustments in order to, to facilitate it. Um, which is also great because it's, it's, it's infrastructure, which we don't need to repeat the next time around. Uh, to be honest, it got me a little bit worried that we may not meet uh, timelines, but I think 
uh, the great news uh-huh. is that we are actually exactly where we wanted to be, meaning that we already started testing the full uh, mutual funnel in some territories, and it, and it, and it looks good. Uh, and we are on, on schedule to deliver and, and launch it uh, um, this quarter, Q1, which uh, makes me assume that we'll start seeing the contribution in revenues uh, sometime in Q2 and throughout uh, the rest of the year. I think one other maybe interesting point uh, about the, this Vista Prince deal is that also uh, they have a very large uh, volume of uh, legacy websites that are also we intend to migrate to our platform throughout the year, and this is a project that we are pursuing already and we believe will be finished by the end of the year. Great. So um, now let's move on and, and zero in on our user cohorts. Um, so first of all, we ended the year with nearly 222 million users and almost 6 million subscriptions. Um, we, we shared that, that we added 478,000 net subscriptions in 2021. Um, not surprising that that was down compared to 2020. 2020 was obviously a very unusual year uh, that created huge demand and, and had a big impact not only in 20 but also on 21. Um, at the same time, uh, our revenue per subscription, as Avishai earlier mentioned, it was up 12% year-over-year in 2021, and revenue, and that came off of a year when ARPS was up 10% in 2020. So just put all this together and, and talk more about how this yeah. looks in our user class. Absolutely. So, so you know, Joe, you, you kind of mentioned this, this uh, I would say, uh, different behavior which is uh, something that is a dynamic that is significant to these two years, okay? Uh, when, when we look at 21 compared to 19, we, we had a much higher demand, okay? Gross subs were uh, up 16%, so 16% higher than, 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 20, than, than 2019. But because of the massive amount of, of subscriptions and the, and the huge size and demand of the, of the cohorts of 2020 going into that Q1 of 2021, we basically had this kind of dynamic where even though the churn rates were the same or even slightly better, uh, we actually saw on absolute numbers uh, a little bit of cannibalization into the 2021 numbers of, of the net apps, which kind of makes sense, right? But since it's all based on that, we actually see that as a one-time effect and something that we don't expect to repeat in 2022. Uh, that being said, when you look at those cohorts and you look at this value generated, you see that it's, it's much stronger because it has better monetization. First of all, we've seen uh, uh, the users uh, come with a much higher intent towards building a business website. So we see an adoption of the higher price packages on, on almost on, on, on all of them. Uh, and also they're starting to generate GPV. The GPP is compounding also into the value of those websites and, and, and then to the value of the, of the court itself. So it's much better monetization. Uh, um, um, and when we look at kind of uh, that, that overall potential of all of the courts under our hood, that number has grown to, to well above $15 billion. It's, it's roughly $15.7 I think at this point, which is, which is a huge, huge increase. Uh, um, this is all, by the way, all of this is kind of the, the result of that evolution that Avishai spoke about, that investment 
into our products, into our users that has expanded our business uh, uh, and the fundamentals of our business significantly within these two years. Great. And, 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 and finally, uh, net revenue retention for 2021 actually grew to 116% uh, from where it was in 2020 at 113%. Just touch on what drove this. Well, you know, I, 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 as I just mentioned, as you see monetization increase across the board uh, uh, within, uh, within, the, uh, within the courts, when you see, we see ARPS going up, when you see the GPV going up, obviously uh, you will also get higher quality of users that, that will, will generate more retention of revenues over time. But in fact, you actually see them staying longer because their businesses are more successful. So our expectation is that this, will, this is a phenomenon that not only is, is here to stay, but actually can improve over time, over time even, even more. And again, it's through investment into product more than anything else. Great. So now uh, let's turn to financials, uh, Lior. Um, first, I, I want to talk about our results uh, in Q4. Uh, we came in toward the lower end of our, of our range for bookings. Um, and and a little bit above the midpoint for revenue uh, range. So talk just a little bit more about what, what happened in Q4 with our uh, top-line results. Sure, Joe, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. So just to remind you, when we uh, provided the guidance for the, for the year and obviously for the quarter, uh, that was the uh, really the range that we saw at that time. And, um, you know, when we look at revenue, we came in exactly how we expected, uh, near the high end of the range. Uh, and as for, as for booking, about $14 million of, uh, of B2B partnership that we expect to have uh, were actually postponed uh, for later this year. And as a result of that, uh, we came in toward the low end of the range uh, for bookings. It's very important to mention that with regard to the B2B partnership, uh, still, the year was very strong, more than $70 million in terms of bookings. And we said before, this is a lumpy business at the very beginning, and as long as we continue uh, to increase the funnel of this business, it will be less lumpy in the future. Um, and we feel very excited about it because, in the end of the day, it's part of the strategy, part of our partner strategy, and we already started to see the contribution in terms of number of websites, premiums, and, and revenue. Let's move on to uh, 2022 now. So um, we're not providing annual guidance right now. Um, talk about why and, and talk also about what are we going to provide. Okay. So I spoke about it before, about the uh, in clarity, about, you know, about the business, about the macroeconomics, and specifically about COVID. Uh, so we will continue to provide annual guidance so we have enough clarity to do so uh, with the amount of confidence that we like. Um, we are not in a place where we want to provide guidance just for sake for, the, for providing guidance. Uh, we obviously want to feel comfortable about the numbers. We want to feel that we can actually predict the numbers, and we will continue to doing so when we have more clarity. Um, we see that there is a lot of volatility in the market today. And again, Avishai mentioned that a lot in the uh, very beginning of, of this call, and, and, um, and it's giving, giving us less visibility into our model on an annual basis. Uh, so for now, we are going to provide the guidance on a quarterly basis, uh, simply because of the fact that we see much more clarity in the short term rather than the long term. 
And um, again, as usual, our guidance for the quarter reflects the range based on what we know today. Yeah. Okay, so, so just really quick, on, just walk through specifically the guidance that we're providing for Q1 revenue. Yeah, so the guidance for uh, the first quarter is uh, in terms of revenue is 338 to 343, which represents a growth of about 11 to 13% on a year-over-year basis. Again, we need to remember that it's uh, a very, it's most difficult on a year-over-year uh, comparable we face this year because the, the, the first quarter of 2021 was unusual strong quarter. Um, so, so I do expect that for the rest of the year, the year-over-year growth of our revenue, and the same obviously for uh, bookings, will be much higher than the first quarter. Um, as for the, uh, for the new initiatives like partners and payments, uh, we do expect to uh, generate a much higher growth uh, also this year uh, as a result of the investments that we've made, and we've already started to see the fruits and the fact that it's uh, started to become more profitable than last year. Great, and, and gross margins and gross profits. So w- what are you expecting uh, on the gross margin trends for 22? So with regard to the uh, creative subscription, the gross margin, we expect, it, uh, we expect to have a modest improvement in the second half of the year, as we mentioned last year. Uh, we started to see, we will start to see the leverage of it, and, and by the way, this is one of the reasons why we expect the, the free cash flow uh, to be better this quarter in terms of its margin, uh, better this year than last year, and obviously uh, 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 massive improvements in 2023 just because of that. As for the business solution, um, uh, we expect uh, improvement throughout the year. It means gross profit on a year-over-year growth will accelerate. Great, and just to, just to wrap up then, um, free cash flow. So we ended 2021 uh, at about 52 million in free cash flow. That excludes the CapEx that we're using for our new headquarters build out. Um, so that was 4% margin on revenue. Uh, we've obviously invested a lot into the business in the last couple of years, as you mentioned. So just talk about your outlook on the free cash flow going forward. So, so, Joe, I think that this is really exciting because we are, in the end of the day, the way that uh, I look at it is, is the same as when you invest um, uh, startup cost. When you have a new company, you start to build the infrastructure, you're adding sales team, uh, you are building the team to support the product. Uh, so at the very beginning, you have more expenses than, than income. And this is exactly what we had before, and this is why we are – uh, thought that it makes a lot of sense to improve the infrastructure in order to support those new initiatives. Um, you know, both uh, Avishai and Nir mentioned the partners growing 3x in the, in the last two years. We saw how payment is growing, and I think that this is something that will continue and even accelerate. Um, we already started to see the, uh, the early results. We know that it's working. Uh, the numbers are keep on increasing. We started to see the leverage of those investments, and we will see more this year and certainly next year. Um, so this year, uh, we said that free cash flow is going to be about 5% of revenue. And next year, probably, uh, we are going to double it. And this is all comes from, from a point that 
most the massive amount of the investment has already been done, meaning that we will continue to invest, but not at the same level. So we are going to get uh, much, more, much more of leverage. And think about it this way. The costs are not going to grow the same as the top line. The, do, the top line is going to grow simply much faster and higher, which will enable us to start to generate a profitable growth in the second half of this year and certainly uh, next year. Great. Um, Maggie, I'll, I'll hand it back to you to open it up for questions. Great. Thanks, Joe. Michelle, I think we're, we're ready to open up the line for some questions. Thank you. If you have a question at this time, please press star then 1 on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. And our first question comes from the line of Yigel Arunian with Woodbush. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hey, uh, good morning, good afternoon, guys. Um, I want to dive into the, into the growth initiatives, I guess particularly on, on, on the first of the self-creators and, and the agencies. And um, it's great to see that, that growth the partners and um, you know, that right now it's still largely coming from agencies. Could we talk a little bit more first on the agency side um, maybe dive a little bit more in, into the trends, the kind of agencies, if, if at this point in time there's an ability to kind of keep going up market, larger agencies, and what that can look like in the coming year or two. And then on, on the self-creator side, obviously still a huge focus there. Um, I believe I'm doing this the right, the right way. If you back out the partner's revenue from total revenue, the, the self-creator revenue still strong in, in 2020, but, you know, decelerated um, materially over the course of the year. I think the guidance would imply that steps down again in one queue. I know there's a lot of trends from COVID, but maybe we could pull that out and talk about the overall health of, of the self-creator environment as well. Thank you. So let me, if I understand correctly, the first, agency, the first question, part of the question was to give more color on the type of agencies that we see at Wix, right? <coughs> and the opportunity, yeah, the continued, great strength and oh. just the continued opportunity. Okay. Of course. So I think that uh, if you look at the type of agencies, we see it's, it's, it's very diversified, right? Uh, we have a lot of the smaller guys, you know, the, what you would call a freelancer. That's a big portion. And then we have a, 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 a big portion of agencies that are the ones that are building tons of websites, right? And, of course, notice them because they build a lot of websites. And they do it very quickly. And, and, very, and, and, and recently we're seeing more and more of agencies that are building uh, – a very high-end uh, websites, so things that are like uh, campaigns for very big commercials or very big companies, and, and we see a lot of those joining Wix now. In terms of the potential, we believe that the potential there is huge because we think that uh, this market is probably 10 times bigger than the self-creators, okay, overall. Of course, the, the, there's two sides to it, right, because the more we add functionality and simplify the self-creators, we're going to get more of a bigger market in the self-creators. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is that, well, you know, a lot of people when they want to build the wealth, they go somebody and pay him to do it, and obviously that goes to the second category. So we think that there is a very big uh, uh, potential for growth here. Nick, you want to take the second part? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the self-creators, obviously it's still, you know, it's still a very big focus of ours in terms of the product, as Avishai just, just uh, mentioned. Um, and, you know, when you look at the growth there, okay, 
uh, if you cover the growth of kind of the two, the, the year over two years growth of, of that specific segment, it grew 50%. 50% 2021 on, 2020, uh, on 2019, which it's, you know, it's a very, very healthy growth. Naturally, when, you know, when you try to compare 21 to, to 20, where, uh, we have the tougher comp of, 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 uh, of 20, it's, it's, it, it looks like a slowdown. But, it still remains a very healthy, very strong part of, of our business. And when we speak about it going forward uh, in terms of will it keep on growing fast, let's, let's think about what needs to happen for it to decelerate. Okay, It's one of basically two. Either uh, uh, people will, will steer away from needing uh, to take their business uh, online and move away from uh, websites and, and, and transact less on the Internet, or alternatively, uh, uh, there will be some very ch- massive change in terms of competition and somebody is going to capture uh, our market share. Obviously, you know, we don't think the first is going to happen. We believe that, you know, when we see people keep on uh, onboarding uh, their businesses online. And we haven't seen any significant change uh, in terms of market share. In, f- in fact, we believe that we are gaining, we're gaining market share. So our, our, we, have, we are very confident that going forward we'll keep on expanding that, that business and, and, and growing fast. Thanks. And maybe a quick follow-up for, for Lior on, on the free cash flow, just because, you know, right now in, in the current market environment, there's such a heightened focus on, uh, on, on cash generation. And you know, uh, understand the dynamics of investments kind of coming through, the, the margins improving over the next couple of years. And if, you, if you look out to your 23 guidance on the, on the margins, it's still – um, you know, nicely below where you guys were in 27 to 2019, where the margin was, you know, between 16 and, and kind of 17 percent on revenue. Um, did you expect to be able to get back to those kind of levels, and what what would it take to get there? Thank you. So, for, uh, first of all, for sure, we are going to go back to this level. Um, I think that there are um, two different ways to look. The first one is about, um, in the past, we didn't really have um, uh, the business solution, like payments, for example, which is uh, with, with a low margin, right? Um, so I don't think that uh, I don't expect to have the same free cash flow margin uh, from this type of activity. That said, um, if we exclude the investments that we've made uh, for the last uh, two or three years, we are certainly higher than 20% of free cash flow for the core business. And this is something that it's really important to mention and very important to understand. I believe that what we have managed to do is to generate a funnel and opportunity to continue with a very healthy growth. And this is why we are going to see the leverage of those expenses and for sure we are going to go back to the same level of free cash flow that we've been before. And I believe that we are actually going to exceed that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Deepak Mativanan with Wolf Research. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, this is Zach on for Deepak. Um, first, just on the, the Q1 guide, uh, can you just help us think about the implied kind of bookings growth in 1Q? And I know you called out the $14 million of B2B partnerships that was deferred out of 4Q. Does that drop into 1Q, or is that more spread out over the course of the year? Um, and then second on, on just transaction revenues, um, when you think about the drivers of growth this year, do you think it, it, the primary driver of growth will be better penetration of the existing merchant base or 
kind of new merchants kind of coming onto the platform. And I guess anything you can share just in terms of your expectations for GPV and transaction revenue growth for uh, this year would be helpful. Thank you. I think the first one is for you, Leo. Yes, so for the uh, first quarter uh, guidance, um, we are going to see that, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, the, uh, the B2B partnership. Um, I don't know yet, and uh, if this is something that it will be recognized or booked, this is uh, during the quarter or in the, during the second quarter. And, and by the way, this is one of the reasons, uh, especially around an, uh, an uncertainty uh, macroeconomics, uh, to provide those type of uh, guidance even for the next quarter. Uh, so to answer your question, I don't know for sure it is going to be postponed, right? Uh, but it will be recognized uh, somewhere during uh, 2022. Um, I'm talking specifically about those uh, missed deals uh, from, from the fourth quarter. With regard to the transaction revenue growth, I do believe that uh, GPV is going to have a significant increase uh, during this year. Um, but we prefer at this point of time, because of the uncertainty, not to provide the exact guidance. But as we mentioned before, we are going to report on it. Got it. Should we expect GPB disclosure on a quarterly basis going forward? Yes. We are going to disclose it on a quarterly basis. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Clark Jeffries with Piper Schindler. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you for taking the question. You know, first, a housekeeping item just to understand, you know, Lior, what's embedded in the guidance between business solutions and creative subscriptions for the Q1 guide? Do you believe creative ARR uh, on a net basis can kind of improve from here uh, in Q1? Yes, I do believe that it can improve. I mean, for sure, it will improve. Uh, again, remember that uh, when we talk about the creative subscription and you compare it to the first quarter of 2021, it's kind of difficult. But as I mentioned before, I think that throughout 2022, we are going to accelerate the growth both on creative subscription but also on business solution. All right, I, I understood. And then... You know, yeah, and then I think just um, if you could help us contextualize sort of the dynamics of the funnel and the creative side and, and you know, what was lending to the volatility, should we think of this as the, the conversions of, of users, the premium subscriptions, the, the journey of completely net new premium sub subscriptions, or even just a broader traffic or interest level kind of an engagement overall at the highest level of the funnel? just to help understand what was happening on the, the customer edition side in Q4. So, hi, it's Nir. So, I think it's mostly on kind of uh, fluctuation around demand, uneven demand in the top of the funnel more than, more than anything. Um, a little bit of a slowdown uh, on, 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 uh, um, on, on GPV in terms of uh, commerce happening, Mostly uh, in December, where some economies were starting to go into these kind of uh, 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 Omicron-induced uh, lockdowns. Um, um, if you look kind of at the conversion and the ARPS, uh, those actually stayed very strong, as well as the, as the mix towards the, the business uh, uh, and the high-price packages. 
So it's mostly about that kind of volatility. The, uh, again, I think the fundamentals remain the same uh, where they were before. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Andrew Boone with JMP Securities. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, I want to talk about the macro environment and just how the macro environment today is different than kind of pre-COVID. So really my question is, is business formation slowing or is it really the conversion of long-tail legacy businesses that have come online that's changing the macro environment growth rate? Um, so the reason that I, I want to think about this is just as we think about the macro environment backdrop over the next three years, how do we think about that impacting results, right? Can, can business be driven by business formation or is it is there still kind of that long-tail conversion going on? So... Um, I think that what we're seeing is pretty much going back to normal, maybe a bit slower than normal, but what happened in COVID is that you had a lot of traditional businesses that normally would not, you know, move, uh, I think we spoke about Italian's grocery stores, right? Like you would not ever imagine them having a website, and suddenly they had. And, uh, and we saw it in many different kinds of businesses, right, not just in Italy. That, so what we had is that in 2020 and the first quarter in 2021, we have a lot of traditional businesses that normally would not need a website, suddenly needing a website and moving. And as COVID relaxed, those, the, the, this demand for those guys kind of disappeared or slowed down. What we do see is that if you look at the core uh, kind of uh, customers that we had in 2019, pre-COVID, we are seeing now uh, those guys are, again, the vast majority of our customers. And we are actually in higher numbers than we were in 2019. So we think that uh, it, it went almost, you know, back to the 2019 rate and then started to, to, to go out from there. So I think that the, the best way to look at what happened, in terms, at least in my mind, right, I, it's very hard to predict the future, but is that we had this single event, which is called COVID, right, which made it that everything went up, and as this event started to fade out, that the effects of that event has faded out, and we are back to where we were before, but with higher numbers, right? So, if you, and, uh, so I think this is kind of like how I look at it. Uh, uh, of course, you know, we, we know uh, and my ability to look at it is only from the, uh, what we do see at Wix, which is a huge amount of businesses, yes, but it's limited to that. And, of course, what I read from other companies, I think pretty much, from Netflix, right, to Shopify, to Spotify, everybody experiencing a very similar phenomenon where people were locked at home and had to solve that, and then, well, we're back outside now, things are getting back to normal, and, and we're going back to the same kind of growth we had uh, in 19. Okay, that's super helpful. Um, and, and then just to the follow-up is, as you guys move to, you know, commerce users that have more needs, do you think the competitive environment changes? Like, is, is it harder to attract those customers? Is it, is it more competitive versus kind of the lower-end self-serve customers? Thanks so much. So we, we we don't see – well, you know, we came to commerce because people came to Wix and said, yeah, I want to build a shopping cart, right? I need a shopping cart on my website. Guys can give me a shopping cart, right? To remind everybody, in the beginning, our solution for shopping cart was Shopify, right? That was kind of like the thing we added. We, we, we offered on Wix. At some point, we realized that, we need to build one of our own. This is becoming a real part of our business. And uh, so we don't see any change in, in how people behave. So it's not like 
uh, we get less. I think we actually get more in terms of percentage, so uh, not so, uh, I would say, a positive change. Uh, of course, when it comes to shopping cart specifically, right, there is a giant in the room, right, there is an elephant in the room, which is Shopify. Uh, however, we, it's really good business for us going very quickly. When it comes to the rest of what we do in commerce, which is we be things like scheduling, booking, uh, events, hotels, restaurants, we don't see any, uh, any real uh, giants and, and, and they are going really, really well. So, and, and, and again, accelerating. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Ken Wong with Guggenheim Securities. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Great. Uh, I wanted to just uh, circle back on the volatility that you're seeing. Obviously, a lot of moving pieces in your business now, but would you say that volatility leans more towards the, the, the kind of the self-service? Is it, is it just purely because B2B is so lumpy, or is it the, the payments now that is much more transactional? Um, where Where is this uh, kind of the visibility largely being clouded? Well, we see it in everything, right? I'll start with comment because that was the easiest thing. I think everybody saw that. December, of course, had less of e-commerce transactions than anybody expected in any, think in any company, in every market, right? So that was a, an example where our ability to predict according to what happened in October and November was, was, was reduced. We see it in uh, the fact that uh, we went back to, you know, if you look at the last year, Q1 was the best ever, right, at the 40-something percent growth, and, 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 and then Q2 was not, right? And then Q3 was even worse than Q2, and then Q4 stabilized, right? And, 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 but, but even there, it was above what was in 19. So overall, one of the things that we're trying to say is that if you look at, at the the, uh, the volatility we describe is the volatility that makes it hard to predict because if we look usually, you know, being the CEO of Wix and doing prediction was the easiest job ever. How many subscribers we had? How does the trend line look? Let's, move, let's extend that and we know where we are. It's not like there's external effect, uh, events that make that predict that much harder because if the next Q, right, Q2 would be as strong as Q1 last year, of course, all the results would change, right? And if we're going to see another deceleration, all of it would change. And all of that is happening without us changing anything in the product or our competitors doing anything, right? So it's kind of like trying to predict global economy and COVID trends. And we think that we are much better at predicting premium subscribers and GPV and less COVID trends. So that's why we felt that uh, there is a volatility created by those events outside and, and we have less of an idea how to predict that. Thank you very much. Thank you. And our next question comes from the line of Elizabeth Elliott with Morgan Stanley. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hi. Thanks so much for taking the question. Um, the sustain I want to dig into the sustainability of the revenue uh, per subscription. Um, the 12% in fiscal 21 and, and 10% in fiscal 20 was certainly impressive. So kind of just what's your view on the sustainability of, of double-digit growth in revenue per subscription? I, uh, I believe that it will be a double-digit growth uh, in subscription also during this year, uh, certainly during uh, next year. Got it. And then... Um, uh, yeah, and, 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 and obviously, you know, some of the reasons, um, and we did mention before, the growth of partners. Uh, partners are, go are growing um, amazingly well. I mean, we provided some of the numbers, right, 3x over two years. 
And this is something that uh, we believe that is going to continue uh, and even to accelerate. Uh, we need also to remember that uh, commerce will continue to bring higher price up, GPV growth, uh, some new other products that we are going to do. So all of it together uh, causes us to believe that it's going to be a double-digit growth, um, and, and we feel very excited about it. Got it. And then uh, just a clarification. I noticed you referenced that the take rate um, improved. I just wanted to get a sense for how that compared kind of versus your target for the 1.25, 1.3, and kind of what are the levers for incremental improvement going forward. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it, 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 it slightly improved compared to what we thought uh, as we added uh, much more functionality and integrations with payment providers. Uh, we were able also to penetrate to more uh, geographic, uh, more, more countries. So all, overall, uh, it's improved the tech rate. Again, and this is something that we believe that it's going to continue also uh, this year. Thank you. Thank you. And this concludes today's question and answer session, and I would like to turn the conference back over to Maggie O'Donnell for any further remarks. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Have a great day. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Everyone, have a great day. Thank you.